Welcome to the Type 1 Lifting Podcast. Now enjoy the show. All right, guys, I want to tell you a little bit about Type 1 Lifting. So Type 1 Lifting is a clothing brand that proceeds of the shirts, the hats, and everything else go to the Children's Diabetes Foundation. This whole t-shirt company started from me taking care of a five-year-old girl from the emergency department at the Children's Hospital I worked at in Atlanta for a while back. Um, I thought I needed to do a little bit more than kind of just talk about my story. So this is how I started the clothing line because I wanted to show people that even though diabetics have this really bad disease, we can still do amazing things in our life and diabetes won't stop, you know, stop us reaching our goals. So go check out type one lifting.com. And, um, you know, if you have any questions, you can always reach me out on Instagram. It's type one lifting and hope you guys enjoy the show. Hey guys, we have a new sponsor for the type one lifting podcast. The company's called Liberté lifestyle. So Liberté is a French word meaning freedom, and the company was founded on the desire to have freedom to choose what we want to do with our lives. I actually had the owner, um, Nicole, on my podcast on episode 28, so if you want to go back and listen to her, um, she talks about how she started the company and what she wants to do in the future with the company, which is pretty cool. So uh, they actually have knee sleeves, wrist wraps, shirts, shorts. Uh, Love the knee sleeves. I have the ice cream knee sleeves, and I love them so much. They haven't the neoprene's still good. Uh, the seams haven't split compared to other uh, knee sleeves that I have had in the past. Uh, and I'm planning to keep these for a very, very long time. So uh, Nicole actually gave me a promo code for you guys too. So it's all capital letters, T-Y-P-E and the number one. So it's type one. So go to LibertéLifestyle.com. Uh, check out what they have in the store. Use the promo code type one and save some coin. Now let's go to the episode. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Type 1 Lifting Podcast. I have a fellow mass hole. Uh, she is the owner of CrossFit 1977. She's a firefighter, and she's also a CrossFit athlete. I'd like to everyone welcome Lindsay Grassis. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, not bad. I've, um, I'm doing great. So um, I found out about you through a fellow fellow friend of ours, like Vic Rodriguez. And so he's like, hey, you really need to get this girl on your podcast. And, I, and so I was lo- looking, doing some research, looked up your profile and I'm like, well, she's a mass hole. So that, that's, that's a Massachusetts term. So, um, I was like, I definitely need to get her on for that. So, um, yeah, thank you for coming on. It's awesome to finally talk to another Massachusetts person. Yeah. You're right back at you, my friend. <laughs> yeah. So are, are you born and raised in Massachusetts? Yep. East Brookfield, middle of nowhere is where I was <laughs> born and raised. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, so what made you move to Webster? Um, so I'm actually currently in Auburn, so oh, okay. I work firefighting for the town of Webster, um, but they're about 10 minutes from each other. Uh, the gym I own is in Charlton, so it's almost like a little triangle. So I got Auburn, Charlton, and Webster, so it just kind of worked out well. Okay. So, so I, I'm sorry, got it. Go ahead. I, I just moved out this way mostly for the gym, and then I got hired for firefighting, so it just worked out well. Okay. So, so for people that haven't been to, uh, Western Massachusetts, I have, I, I've been, I, I was stationed in Chicopee, Massachusetts for the reserves, air force reserves. So I kind of know a little bit about the Western mass, but like for people that don't know what it is, like, what are the best attributes of Western Massachusetts? 
Oh, isn't that a good question? Um, I do like how it's easy to get to a lot of different places. So you mm. can get to Boston in an hour. You can get to Hartford in an hour. You can get to New York. You can get pretty much everywhere within an hour. So that's nice. Um, I am a bit of a country bumpkin, so I do like being a bit in the middle of nowhere. I'm not really a city person. So I personally really like that. Okay, cool, cool. So um, so were you, um, what was your background like growing up? Were you pretty athletic? as like a teenager and like as a kid? Yeah, so I have twin brothers and my dad, who's really into sports, he played semi-pro football. So I actually played football with my brothers and Pop Warner when I nice. was a little girl. So mm -hmm. ever since I was little, little, I've been playing sports, yeah. Nice, nice. So what, what was what was your, like obviously like being a female playing a mostly male dom dominant, you know, sport. Cause like when I was playing Pop Warner, there was a, um, I think the A league, I don't, do they still do like the ABC? D leagues and stuff like that or they do different like age groups no yeah just different age group and i was an older lighter so because i was older but weighed less i could be with the younger kids okay because we yeah. we actually had a, a there was a female in the in the, in the uh the group above us that was playing football and it was just like everyone was like wow it's a female like playing football so like did you get did <laughs> oh, you yeah. get like a lot of <laughs> eyes like turning like oh my gosh like why is she why is she here Yes and no. Uh, they were they were very awesome. I, I still remember a lot of the kids I played with to this day because a lot of us stayed in the same area. Uh, funny story, actually, the chief of EMS in the town that I work for, his son actually played on my team and we'll go on, on calls and he'll bring it up to my chief all the time about how I played football with <laughs> his son. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. So, so did you play anything other than football or what, what other sports did you play? Oh, gosh. Uh, let's see. I played soccer since I was little all the way through college. Uh, I played basketball. I played uh, or ran track and field in college and in high school as well. I did dance for a little bit. I did uh, I even cheerleaded for a year before I played football. That was not for me. Uh, so I've done a little bit of everything. Yeah. Okay. So what college did you go to? WPI, Worcester Polytechnic. Oh, okay. Okay. So that they're, uh, what are, they? are they a D2 school? They are D3. I played D3. D3. Okay. Yeah. So um, I played, I played at D3. I played at Curry College. Oh, which is, no way. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So um, I played football, basketball, and lacrosse there. I played lacrosse oh, like all, wow. all four years and I only played basketball one year and football for two. But um, so obviously like being an athlete and going to school at the same time, obviously like D, obviously D1 to D3 is completely different. But, um, you know, what was your experience being like a college athlete and going to Worcester Polytechnical Institute at the same time? Yeah, it was definitely a lot. Engineering was very hard for me. Uh, so that came first, which I did like about D3 was that school came first. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a little more lax. It was still way more intense than I was ready for going into it, still with the double sessions. And it was still very serious. Like you could not go out drinking 48 hours before a game, uh, stuff like that. But, so it was definitely a balance, but it taught me how to start balancing things in my life pretty early on before the real world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so um, when did when did CrossFit come into the realm? So I moved from Massachusetts to Rochester, New York for uh to work for xerox so they offered to pay for me to move out there um and i didn't know anyone and if you know where rochester is that is also the middle of nowhere nowhere it is nowhere. Up, near, up near canada you know <laughs> so uh across the street from the apartment that i was renting uh there was a crossfit gym and i found a group on and i found a whole new family and friend group there and it just exploded from that point on were you pretty intimidated uh well obviously being a group on it's like okay, like some people you do the group on and don't even go, but like, yeah, you know, right. 
you you went so what was your first experience going to that gym and like obviously like being crossfit like you don't really know much about it like what was going through your mind like oh my gosh you see all these like crossfit athletes like in the games you're like am i gonna look like that oh yeah yeah so i was actually really sick going through college i had an eating disorder for a while mm-hmm. and i was hospitalized and all that stuff so i was little little and i was still in that headspace that i wanted to stay little so it, took a little while and a lot of people to get me into a different mindset. And so I'm super appreciative of my gym. I still talk to them all the time. I call them gym mom and dad, uh, <laughs> Laura and Jeff Rice. They're up in uh, flower city CrossFit. They actually went to semis, uh, this past year. So that oh, was, nice. that was cool to see them. Um, but they all definitely helped me. They took me through boot camp first. So I, I still remember my first coach, Adrian, we became pretty good friends. Um, and he kind of kept me accountable and coming back to boot camp, which was like minute stations, burpees, dumbbell snatches, stuff like that. And eventually I'd say three months, it took him to convince me to go over to the regular CrossFit classes. But once I did, I was, I was hooked. Mm-hmm. So you said you have, you had an eating disorder and like, I've had, I've had family members that had the same thing. And so, um, you know, what like obviously like people think they're like too they're too fat and they just like don't eat and like my my sister actually was like passing out at school like in the bathroom because she wasn't eating because like you had like someone tell her like she she was an irish step dancer she someone told her like hey you're getting too fat you need to lose weight and she wasn't like she wasn't fat at all like that's the crazy that's the crazy thing and so she was like her it was a total head fuck for her and like just just ruined her for for years yeah, like all through oh, yeah. high school college and stuff like that so what was what was the thing that that um happened to you to make you like you know start that eating disorder so for me i don't think there was exactly one event i think it's because the way i was raised i don't want to say it was super strict but it was you know i didn't drink till i was 21 like i didn't go out i didn't sneak out of my house i got straight a plus if i got an a minus i would cry like just that perfectionist mm-hmm. mindset And then I got to college and I was on my own and I was in control of my own eating and everything I did. And I just became obsessive over it uh, until pretty much I had, I had a seizure one day after I ran and I was in a three-day coma. And then after that, it kind of smacked me across the face that like, you know, you need help type of deal. So Mm -hmm. um, I got, I got help. I found CrossFit that helped God a lot. And that's kind of why I switched from engineering to CrossFit because I sincerely think it changed my life. So, uh, now it's my baby. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so were your family, did your family like have any idea about like what was going on? Um, not right away. They started to pick up on it. And then I guess my friends from college started reaching out to my parents. They did like a whole intervention with me at college and they lived, they lived with me on college for a little while. Yeah. It was, it was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. So, but I mean, that's great. Supportive. Yeah. That, I mean, that's great. This is supportive. I mean, obviously like, you know, your parent, like obviously some parents will go like above and beyond, like, you know, stay with you during yeah. the whole process of like, you know, the eating disorder. It's like we we actually brought my my sister into a facility, and it was like, it was hard. Like they did like a group session, and then they did an intervention, and then like seeing my mom like crying, I lost it, and then like you know just seeing how it hurt my fam it was hurting my family, and like it, it was it was like stressful. So, but I mean, like, I'm oh, glad yeah. I'm glad she's gotten out of it, and I'm glad that you've gotten out of it too. Um, so what was obviously like, being in a coma, like waking up what was the kind of like, you know, 
needle in the hand? Like, what was the thing that kind of like pushed you saying, okay, this is, this is not, this is not going to happen anymore. Um, I think it was at that point that I kind of accept. So my mom wanted me to go get help. So I finally did. And that was kind of the first step. Um, it took a lot of setbacks. Like I, it took still, I'd say two years after then to be completely like, okay, I'm a hundred percent cured. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that starting with the outpatient and then I graduated college that helped me kind of cut back on drinking because that was a huge issue for me too. So, um, and then the whole CrossFit space was like just slowly little things and little changes that added up over time. And, and I just kind of kicked, kicked the curve. I got obsessed with CrossFit. And then I started counting my macros, which I was still a little hesitant about because you can still get into that obsessive mindset, but it's just a slow process. It's something that doesn't happen overnight. And I think that's something that people get frustrated with. And I wish for myself, I could have looked back on how, like you said, it was affecting my family because I was so mentally turned off to all of that. And Mm -hmm. so self-absorbed in what I was feeling. Now looking back on it, I'm like, I, I broke their hearts. Like that was so sad. Like I, it's, it, it's all, it's a dark place. It's hard to explain. It's a very dark place to be. So anyone that goes through it and gets to the other side, I'm like, you're my people. I guess. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Thank yeah. you go girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, obviously the counting your macros and stuff like that, like, and obviously, um, it's like you have, you have one addiction of like an eating disorder and then you kind of move into CrossFit. So do you think that's like, obviously like working out and stuff like that, do you think that's like a good, avenue to get into from like you know eating disorder to to working out yeah and and not even just working out I think personally CrossFit because the environment you're in it it changes where your mindset is and your goal doesn't necessarily become to lose weight or be skinny and yes some it starts as to lose weight but I find especially owning a gym that a lot of members perspective changes over time and your goals become different and a lot of times it's like I want to get my first pull up I want to PR my back squat and so on and so forth and that translates to a health healthier lifestyle no matter what so Mm -hmm. CrossFit is what I would say do it. <laughs> yeah. And the, and the good thing is like the community is like pretty helpful to one another. Yeah. That's, that's the one thing like I, I don't see in a global gym. So I, I train pretty much by myself. I don't go to a gym, like a CrossFit gym. I, there's a CrossFit area at the gym that I go to. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's so different being in a community, like having like someone push yourself compared to like, Oh, I have these dudes deadlifting and they're watching me. Like, you know, this, that's not really, a, you can't really build a community all by yourself. Right. Right. Exactly. So when did, when did you, when did you decide to like, Hey, like I want to own a gym. So I, it started with hating my career. So I, <laughs> I, I went to chemical engineering. I graduated chemical engineering. I God, I must've had four or five jobs. I kept jobs, job popping. I went from Rochester back to Massachusetts, back to Rochester again, back home again. And, um, I started coaching for, so I actually purchased the gym from the previous owner. That's why people always ask, what does 1977 mean to you? I go, I knew it as 77. So I kept the name. Uh, It was his birth year. So anyway, I started coaching for him part-time, mostly in the mornings before work. uh, And I kind of got into coaching both at Flower City in Rochester and back home, depending on where my job was at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And the more I did, the more I was like, you know, screw a desk job. I don't care about money. You know what I mean? Um, And the opportunity presented itself. One day I just asked Chris and I was like, hey, 
would you ever sell the gym? And he goes, make me an offer. And here, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, obviously you started coaching before. So, um, yeah. you know, what was your, what was your style? I, we'll get back to like owning the gym after, but I kind of, sure. I'm, I'm kind of like really interested in the coaching part. Cause like everyone coaches different. What, mm -hmm. what is your style of coaching to like, you know, new people to very experienced, like CrossFit, like, you know, athletes. Oh boy, there's so many ways I could dive into this. So for our gym personally, now we have an on-ramp. So I take them for four one-on-ones prior to them coming in for the most part. Sometimes mm -hmm. they jump right into class. It kind of assess where their fitness level is at prior. Um, but say there's a brand new person in class. Uh, there's always, so for us, at least three different levels of a workout. So I'll automatically start them from the bottom, the, the fit, what I call fitness level. Um, and then usually slash the workout in half because I, I don't believe some people, I think have the mindset coaching wise. And when someone comes into a CrossFit class that, okay, make them sweat a lot, work really hard, like be really sore. And that's really not no, what you no, at all. Nope. No, you want to show them a lot of attention. You want to really thoroughly explain things more than you think is necessary. Because when you come from nothing, even the word snatch, you're like, what? you know? So, <laughs> um, it's a very different coaching style. Very, very, very different coaching style. But you have to be very patient and really focus on that new member. I find personally. Yeah. When I, when I was a personal trainer, like I, I always tell people I'm like, you need to have like some days that you need to kind of like, just take it easy a little bit and like not go crazy. But like, then you'll see group them in group classes, like every single day and just like burying themselves. And I'm like, yeah, you cannot do that. Like that's yeah. like, that's not helping you whatsoever. Yeah, I agree. So I usually, what I'll usually tell them when they start, cause they, if they ask, um, which I do find they usually ask is, you know, how often do I come? And I usually start them two, maybe three times a week, depending mm -hmm. again on where their fitness level is, but you don't want them to wake up and be unable to go to work or walk the next day. Like that shouldn't, that shouldn't be what your goal is for them. You want them to feel the community, feel the environment, all the good, the good energy and to know that they're being watched after, because I think that is a common misconception of CrossFit is that you're going to hurt yourself. So you need them to know, like you are watching, you are not going to get hurt on our watch. So, yeah. And you only, you yeah. only want to get sore during the open. Yeah, that's it. Open only yep. maybe quarterfinals, but <laughs> yeah, true. True. The, the most sore that I've ever been was the wall ball rowing, the 1919 workout. And I, I was like, okay, I'm six, six. So like, this is going to be like, this is in my wheelhouse. So I gotta, I gotta make it hurt. And the next morning I, I, I got, I looked at the stairs and I was like, oh my God, like, I don't, and like, I was, I was holding my, I was holding my son. He was like four at the time, I think. And I, I looked down, I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to even get down the stairs and hold him. So. <laughs> So I literally like sat on the, like sat on the edge of the stairs and we just like, both of us like slid down the stairs. Oh, he probably loved that. Yeah. Oh, he, oh, he loved it. Yeah. But it was yeah. like uh, that whole day I was so miserable and like just stretching my quads and like, I was just so painful. It was, and that was the only time I like really, really was like hurting. I wall ball workouts for whatever reason crush me. I don't, I don't care what the workout is, but if it has wall balls, I wake up the next day and my quads, I'm not a squatter in general. So maybe that's why, but mm -hmm. yeah, I relate. I relate. <laughs> yeah. So, um, when, when you, when you start, uh, bought that gym, um, did they have like a good amount of clients in there already? Or, you know, like, and like, what was the whole, like when you bought it, you were like, Oh shit, I really, I really did this. So to be completely transparent, was it very impulsive? Yes, <laughs> it was very impulsive. Um, 
there was a good member base. I would say probably around 70 or 80 when I, Mm -hmm. when I bought the gym and it was pretty well staffed. Um, so I did have that going into it. Uh, but then owning a gym is not just coaching and working out. And I did not know that, (laughs) but I have come to love the other side of it, but it was a very much a learning curve for me. I didn't know anything about business. I didn't know anything about advertising. I didn't know anything about programming. I didn't know anything along those lines. So I, COVID was almost a blessing in disguise for me, I'd like to say. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, um, obviously like, um, learning the business side, did you get any help from like any other gyms being like, Hey, you know, can you help me out with like this, this situation? Or did you, does CrossFit actually help you out trying to, you know, become a better, better gym? So I, the previous owner stuck around, I'd say for about a month or so and did help me out, which was very much appreciated. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I do know the two gyms on either side of my gym. I know the owners there. um, So they also helped uh, as well as, like I said, my gym mom and dad up in Rochester, I'd reach out to them with questions if I, if I had any as well. Um, And my parents, they're very smart. So they helped me with bookkeeping and stuff like that. So had a lot of help for sure. Yeah. Does, does cross like, so I, I've, I've never owned a gym. So does CrossFit even like help you out at all or give you like any advice? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> no, they ask for $3,000 a month and that's about what you see. Yeah. So do you, have you like, if, if CrossFit like was interviewing you about like owning your gym, what were, what would be some of the things that you would ask like CrossFit for more help to, so your gym could be more successful? well if we're talking finances that would be like can we not pay three thousand dollars but that's that's a very simple straight up answer Mm -hmm. um i uh that's a good question to be honest i'd say maybe just with the business model in itself but then again i don't think that's crossfit's responsibility because again that's more the business side of things to learn and not so much crossfit itself Mm -hmm. um i think everything else that i could have gotten from them i've taught myself along the way so um yeah i see now they have like the northeast like they have the there's some instagram page i just found them recently that they have for every area of the u.s uh so we have like the north northeast affiliate page so i've been following that and getting a lot of um feedback there so that's been nice uh to have those those outlets to share some light on yeah stuff (laughs) so have you have you ever talked to the i don't know if they call them the the ambassador but like the ambassador of like the northeast at all no Mm -mm. man okay i'm surprised like i'm surprised like well i mean there's so many crossfit gyms up in the northeast that it's going to be like super hard to even like call every single one so saturated it's Mm -hmm. so saturated yeah, it's it's crazy, and like you, like I would literally see a CrossFit gym up in Massachusetts in, in like a five mile radius. There'd be like at least like four, yeah, in different areas. And like we I, that. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it's crazy. And like you would go to one gym, and you're like, oh, okay, now I know the reason why this is not the greatest gym compared to the other one. And you know, and it's and it's sad to kind of see like you know CrossFit CrossFit's methodology is amazing, but they don't get any help and then the facilities that they're at they're not that great but like it gets the job done though right so my my facility i i have a love-hate relationship with it it is very old school uh we have like those 
really old dumbbell still. We have like superheroes painted on the wall, which is my favorite, but it is a very, very old building and like dust accumulates. I swear overnight cobwebs somehow pop up. So in that aspect, I would love help on that end, but that, I mean, it, it is what it is, you know? So, so were those superheroes originally like on that wall? First of all, like that—that's a dope. Those are dope walls, by the way. <laughs> I, I, I like. I was watching your Instagram. I was looking at your Instagram. I'm like, holy cow, that is so cool! Like having all those superheroes on there. Yeah, I, I feel like it's what people know the 77 as the superhero gym, uh, just because of of that painting. But no, it was painted on probably five years ago, five or six years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, so they weren't there. It's just plywood and it's painted. <laughs> That is so cool. I, I if, if anybody has a chance to go like check out our Instagram page, like they, you could see the gym wall and you'd be like, wow, that's, that's impressive. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Do you, so do you have like no one like do like what, like, you know, handstand pushups on those walls at all, just so they don't ruin them. We, we, we do. So we have, it's concrete until about, I'd say my chest height. So, um, that at least takes that part out of it being ruined, but then above it, your heels there, you can tell when you're in person that heels have been on the wall. Cause it's starting to scrape a little bit, but mm -hmm. it still looks pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So, um, when, when, so now, now back to you. So when did you realize you were like really, really good at CrossFit? I don't, honestly, I don't even know how, I don't know how it happened. So I, like I said, I was really little, so I didn't have the strength. I didn't have any gymnastics background. I remember, I was looking actually not too long ago, um, some of my old videos when I first started CrossFit and I was doing banded pull-ups like three at a time. Mm. And, uh, my gym mom, Laura was actually the one there when I got my first ever kipping pull-up. And I'd say for the first year I did any workout that had pull-ups, I was doing singles and we call them hard singles. <laughs> I, did. I don't, I don't know how I went from that to where I am now, but I think it was just, I don't know, eight years now of just almost obsession and dedication to the sport. And I'm a natural born athlete, I guess. So, you know, here we are now I drilled my, I will say I did drill my weaknesses too. Um, once I did realize I was kind of getting to that point of being, you know, in the competitive space. Um, and I took on a coach, Nikki Ranker for about a year and a half. And then ever since then, I just kind of, here we are. <laughs> yeah. So do you still follow, follow his programs? No. So I write, I actually write my own programming uh, for, myself training command it's called so i i actually have that online that people follow as well um which is also the same programming that i use for my affiliate so ever since i always felt weird doing something different than what i was having my members do so about a year and a half of like nick giving me my own stuff and then for classes being like but you guys go do something else and i didn't like that so mm -hmm. um plus with that i mean I'm a firm believer of no one knows your body like yourself. So I found myself getting hurt more often. I was doing too much of like the same movement and I started programming for myself on the side and then I fell in love with programming and then it just evolved into what it is now. So, mm -hmm. so, so when you program for yourself, um, do you, is it hard to kind of like program your weaknesses at all? Is it like, you know, it's like, let's just say like handstand pushups are not in your wheelhouse and you're like, Oh, should I add this in here or, or not? So like, what, like, how do you, how do you program yourself and do, like work on, like knock out the weaknesses at the same time? So to be honest, like I shouldn't say I program for myself because I write the programming that I follow. So mm -hmm. on training command, it's like four parts every day and I just follow it to a T. So that's what I put out there is, Hey, here's what I'm doing. Feel free to follow along. But I find that I program very much well-rounded. So you're going to hit 
you're going to hit every movement pretty much every week. So you're going to hit your movement at least once a week. And I think as long as you stay consistent at, at that, um, I mean, every once in a while, I'll sub things out here and there. Or if something's bugging me, then I'll put swaps in and usually try to do something that relates to my weaker movements. Um, but I don't, I don't struggle to do my weaknesses anymore. I used to anytime and Nick helped me with that. I hate legless climbs. I hated legless climbs. I like fell from the top one year for my first one ever. And Ooh, I, like, went down, I went down to the bone on my hand. I'm like, I don't want to legless Ooh. climb ever again, but he kept, he had me do this freaking 10 minute imam. I'd say twice a week of legless climbs. And I hate, I dreaded going to the gym just to do it. And then after a month or two, I finally was like, you know what? I don't hate these as much. And now I don't mind doing them. So I can thank him and weakness work for that for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so like when you started programming for yourself and like the, and also the gym and stuff like that. So like what other than like Nick, who, who are other people that you kind of looked up to when it comes to like programming? Oh, my ego doesn't want to admit this, but my fiance for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he um he actually also owns a gym um across the gym that's actually how we met it's in Marlboro so it's about 40 minutes from where uh, my gym is um and he is incredibly knowledgeable in the CrossFit space he's been in CrossFit since old, old school CrossFit days mm -hmm. like he went to regionals way back I don't know 2014 like some some something way back so he's been in the space for so long and he's very smart when it comes to both coach he, he coaches for me as well now um, by far my best coach. And, uh, when it comes to programming, super smart, especially on the weightlifting side. So I've learned a lot from him on the programming aspect. So on training command, actually it's a, it's a two brain operation. So he does the strength portion and then I take his strength and I create metcons based off what the strength is for the day. So, okay, cool. Very cool. Yeah. So, um, I'm glad that's going well. <laughs> so do you guys so do you guys like bump heads on once in a while too oh, when it comes to oh the, my, i can imagine oh, oh my yeah. god you i i can't even explain this to people sometimes i'm like i can't even we'll we'll bicker over like two reps in a metcon it'll be like 12 <laughs> reps versus 10 reps and we bicker about why it has to be one way or the other. Mm -hmm. yeah but it's good it, it provides awesome results i'll tell you you know it's like this is what i think this is what you think we come up with something that and it, it's an awesome result so awesome. it works at the end of the day very cool so you you've actually done a couple of um um, competitions before too, obviously like as a team as, and I think you've done individual too, as well from what it looked like on your page. So like, what, what are some of your favorite competitions that you have done? Oh man. Uh, so I, per, uh, I actually really did enjoy master's fitness collective mostly because a is my first time ever winning a heat in an event and B I've never won overall an event in my life ever. So that that was a that was a pretty cool moment for me. Um, I always love Wadapalooza. I have a good experience with Wadapalooza, um, and anything semifinals. I competed at Filthy One Fifty Two back when it was what did they, I don't even remember what they used to call it. Uh, oh, I don't I don't remember. I don't I don't remember sanctionals or something. Oh, yeah, 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 right? yeah, yeah. Is that yeah, what yeah. it was? Sanctionals. Yeah. So uh, I just I honestly love competing. Like any of those big comps, I, just to be on that comp floor is cool enough for me. Like I, if I go to the games one day, awesome. But I mean, I just like being on a on a big comp floor. That's cool enough for me. Actually, you know what? I've never been on a competition floor before. Never. I've always done the open, and and oh, it's, it's like, so cool. yeah, it's like my my thing is is like I got two kids and a yeah. family, and I'm like I don't want to like take. I mean, I if I did a competition, it would have to be like one day if that 
and yeah. it's and it's just and it's hard because like I don't want to take time away from you know spending time with my family and then like they have to and then my wife has to like you know watch them and I don't want to get I don't want her to get like irritated or anything like that and it's just like it's hard. I mean, and, and I'm like 42, 43, geez. And so it's like a little different because like, I would want to do a competition, but it's like, I'm going up against like 20 year olds. Well, if it's any consolation. So I have a member at my gym. He's also one of my like closest friends. Now he's, he just turned 50 and he competed at master's fitness collective. He's like just getting into the competitive space at 50 years old. So now that his kids are older uh, and he's absolutely crushing it, I'm actually really excited to see what he does for his new bracket for 50 to, to 54 or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, I think it's 54. Yeah. 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 So I mean, he's, he's awesome athlete. So you never know. My long story short is you never know. You can always get out there. So, yeah. So is he, is he going to the, the, um, this year's master's fitness collective? He, he went with me when I, when I went like a couple weeks ago. Oh, okay. Cause I know that I know they're doing one in mayhem, I think in December or something like oh, that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's like a, I don't, I think it's like the, the biggest like master's competition, like in the country. Oh, you know what? I do know what you're talking about. Um, uh, what is it called? Uh, one of my coaches, uh, Justin, actually, he got me to do master's fitness collective and he does, he likes that one as well. And he did the qualifier, but I, I don't remember what it's called. I know exactly what you're talking about though. Yeah, yes. I, th I thought it was the master fitness collective, but I guess not. No, so. it's called something different. And I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but okay, cool. Well, well all good. But I, I, I made one. My main thing is like, I, I, I do want to try one, I, but mainly I want to do like a weightlifting competition. Yeah. Cause like I have, I have the numbers to, you know, do pretty good, but endurance wise, it's my, I'm absolute garbage. I'm like, I'm, I just don't have the endurance. You should do that. Wadapalooza does some weightlifting one before Wadapalooza starts like on Thursday or, or it's just cleans and jerks and that's it or cleans and snatches or something like that. Yeah. I might do that. Who knows? We'll see. Wada, I highly recommend Wadapalooza. It is, there's so many levels too that you can do. Wadapalooza is such an experience. Yeah. That's, that's my bucket list to go down there. Like I've yeah, always cool. wanted to go like last year I had so much FOMO because I had like other podcasters that are down there and it's just like, God, like I want to be there so bad, but I just, yeah. it's like, it, time. yeah, you it's expensive time. down there too. Uh, the comp, the, the fees to compete now, I got the, uh, registration the other day and I'm like, Holy, just keeps. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wild. So, so <laughs> if, if, if you go to Wadapalooza this year, would you go as a team or would you want to do individual? Yeah. So I, 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 I uh, qualified with a team. So I'm going elite team, uh, in January. Nice. So who, yeah. who are, who are the other teammates? Uh, Danielle Olivieri and then Alana Savage. So they're both semifinal individual athletes and they are way out of my league, but I will try my best. <laughs> so are they, are they from Massachusetts too? They're both in New Hampshire, but it's about an hour and a half for me. So, okay. That's not bad. Yeah. We all met up and did some of the workouts together for the qualifiers. So that was cool. Okay, cool. Um, so now I kind of want to get into the firefighter stuff. So you are a Webster firefighter. So what, like, from a gym owner to a firefighter, like what, what was the, what was the reason why you wanted to become a firefighter? Well, it all started when COVID happened. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a lie. Well, um, so I have a very first responder dominated gym, I guess you could say. I have a good amount of them. Um, not only that, but a lot of people nearby who go to other gyms who are first responders and, uh, 
one of my members at the time, Jen, who is a firefighter uh, for a nearby town, she was like, hey, I think like this would be an awesome job for you. She kind of planted the seed in my in my head. Mm -hmm. uh, and then COVID happened and I was panicking about the business because obviously people were canceling and you didn't know what was going to happen. And as a business owner, it, it was a really, really dark time. So uh, while I was sitting at home, so we had to close our gym, like what the heck? And I have ADHD. So I'm like, what can I do with myself? Mm -hmm. um, and there was an academy starting. So that, that guy I was talking about, the 50 year old, he's actually the chief of police in Webster. And uh, I reached out to him and I'm like, Hey, what do you think about me becoming a firefighter? Like, and I was talking to him about it and he goes, well, I'm really close friends with the chief of fire in Webster. So, uh, he put in a good word for me. I went down for an interview and it was, here's the start of the Academy. You see in a week. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. Okay. So I was off to the Academy during COVID. <laughs> wow. So, um, what, what is your, what has your experience been? Uh, as a firefighter, because obviously everyone has different stories and stuff like that. So, like, what, like, do you? I, so, are you EMT certified too? Like, I don't know. How so, some some places do have to be. I personally do not have to be because our uh, we have a separate EMT, a private EMT in Webster. So we don't respond to all medicals. Okay. Um, okay. Therefore, I just have to be first responder certified and obviously have my um, firefighter one two from the academy. Um, so that's what I personally have, but most towns do require your EMT and I will probably get it down the road. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, so is it, is it mostly like male dominant in your, in your unit and like what, what's kind of like, obviously it's you all, being a, like yes. be, be, you being an athlete, they're like, they, do they talk smack? Obviously like being at a firehouse, they do talk smack and stuff. So what is your urban experiences like in a male dominant, like, you know, firehouse? So what I will say, like all the way back from when I played football, I've been around boys my entire life. Um, a lot of my friends are guys. Um, I almost feel like I fit in better with them. So it wasn't too hard of an adjustment for me. I think the hardest part was the academy just because in my first couple of weeks after the academy, so the academy is about 10 weeks long, um, the first couple of weeks trying to almost prove yourself to them before they know you. Mm -hmm. Now they're like some of my best friends. One of them is going to be the officiant at our wedding next year. So oh, nice. Very cool. Uh, yeah. So they're like, they're like my good buddies now, but it was, it was hard at first just because I had no background on firefighting at all. And it was just, here you go, here's the Academy. So, uh, and a lot of people at the Academy knew what they were doing. So I felt like a chicken with my head cut off half the time, Never mind one of three girls at the academy in a class of 45 so mm -hmm. that was hard there was definitely a few days i came home and i'm like i'm done i'm not going back you know <laughs> <laughs> i'm like that's it i'm like i'm 30 i'm 30 years old i don't i don't need to be yelled at like i'm a 20 year old with no motivation or you know whatever so i got through it and now like i said the guys at the station will be be shit on each other all the time it's like it's like we're brothers and sisters so nice nice cool. Yeah. And the perk is I get my own bedroom because I'm the only girl in my group. So Oh, even better. Even better. You don't hear any <laughs> snoring or anything like that. Yeah, nice. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That is so cool. So are you typically doing like are you doing like 24 hour shifts or like what's okay? Yeah, 24 hour shifts. Okay. Cause like i I know like other people like they do like 12 hour shifts or like whatnot and stuff like that. Yes. So yeah, I yeah, 12 24 hours is tough. You know, it is and it isn't. Uh 
I've been on this now. So I, gosh, I graduated the Academy over two years ago, which is wild to me. But um, so I stayed part-time for a while while trying to figure out what was going on with my gym, balancing everything out. Um, so I stayed part-time and then a full-time position opened. It wasn't exactly my plan to go full-time, uh, but I took the spot and I was like, you know what? I'll figure out the gym as I go. And mm -hmm. I have. So yeah, 20, 24 hour shifts. Um, but it's not too bad because every second shift you get four days off. So it's not too bad. It's really yeah. not. It's yeah. the sleep. It's the sleep thing. That's that I've been trying to figure out the most I'd say. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's not bad. So, um, I, I, now I want to kind of talk about your social media. So <laughs> how you have like 99 K 99 plus like K followers. So how, how did, how did that happen? I'm telling you, a lot of the stuff that's happened to me, I think I was in the right place at the right time. I <laughs> um, I think it actually started with Savage Barbell. Um, I don't know. I found their brand maybe when I first started CrossFit and I was wearing it and uh, I just started tagging them annoyingly in, in everything. And course, I had yeah. no fault. I had no following and I was so obsessed with like their line of clothing and I kept like DMing them. I'm like, Hey, how do I become an ambassador? How do I become this, that, and the other? And I started off with them. It has to be over five years ago now. And then I became more of an athlete and they started resharing my stuff. And I guess it just took off. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Do you, so my, my big question is, so do, my, my wife has a big following too. She's got like a hundred K followers, but she's mm -hmm. like more on like the fashion side, like instead of like fitness and stuff. So do you think it's easier for females to get the following compared to guys? I don't want to say yes, but yeah, a thousand percent. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> the, the one thing that like really gets me aggravated is, is like you, like some girls like don't really have to do much. Yeah. And it's so like. I Oh, sorry. I hated, I hate admitting that like I probably started off that way also, but a little bit I did. And now I'm more in the headspace of like, okay, if you want to follow me, like, here's what I'm doing. Here's my life. Here's not me posing in a bikini, every other picture and stuff like that. You know, like you just, here's my workouts, you know, yeah. um, I've changed my mindset on that. I don't, I don't like that. Some people feel they have to go that route to get a following and people to follow them and don't get me wrong. If I, if I post some videos every once in a while, you know, shoot me, but <laughs> yeah, like I, there, there's like girls, like I, there's one on TikTok that was like a bug the shit out of me. Like she's like literally doing, um, like plank holds and like, you know, plank, like, you know, uh, like plank to push ups and stuff like that. Yeah. And her legs are wide open and like, you could right. literally see right. in, at her crotch. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't care about this, but obviously there's other horny dudes out there or like females that are like, Oh, look at that. And I'm like, I, I, I literally like the, the trap, like the, the baiting stuff, like, you know, the thirst yeah. traps, whatever. I'm just like, yeah. I just scroll up. It's like not worth it. I don't, yeah. I don't care for that. Yeah. My fiance is very much in the same boat as you also. So <laughs> I, I very much agree with you. Um, I, I hate that some girls feel like they almost have to do that, but you know, such as the social media life nowadays, I feel like, mm -hmm. but yes, I do think it's definitely harder for guys to get a following for that yeah. exact reason. You should see like, even my DMS of just like, Oh, I can't imagine creepy, creepy guys. Like, I'm, I'm like, that's, that's not why we're out here. Like if I wanted that, like I'll go create an OnlyFans, and you can go even, even so like some people do that for money and that's fine, but I don't know. 
Uh, social media is a, a yay and a nay at the same time. There's a lot of pros behind it. Like you, I've made a lot of awesome connections through it. I've met a lot of, even my photographers who are some of my close friends now, like I would have never met them if it weren't for social media. And, but there's also, like I said, the, the bad stuff. side. So yeah, yeah. 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 So, so if you have a, let's just say like a person's like starting out, obviously like with like Instagram or anything else, like what would you tell them? Like, like what's the best avenue to kind of pave the way to get a bigger following? So I think there's nothing better than just being your authentic self and then finding your one avenue or like your one niche, so to speak, and dive into that because there's always like a main focus. Those who have like a big following, there's like you said, your wife is it does the fashion side of things. Mm -hmm. There's one thing, and that's usually what people want to see more of, and that's why they're following you. So, um, yeah, I guess that's that's just what I would say. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, it, it's kind of tough, kind of you know, for a dude just to like, because like my thing is like I don't want to take my shirt off and like post stuff, and like yeah. I have like so many people saying, "Dude, you got to take your shirt off. You got to take your shirt off." And I'm like, I hate that. Yeah, I hate that. Yeah. You feel like, yeah. And I'm like, um, and I'm like a t-shirt company. Like that's the last thing I need to do. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, but I'm like, all right, I might, I may have to do it in like, you know, in the, and it feels weird. Cause like the gym I go to, I work out at like five o'clock in the morning and it's Early. like, yeah. And I'm like, and there was like one dude back squatting with a shirt off. And I'm like, it's like, I'm like, bro, it's like five 30 in the morning. Like, what are you doing? Taking your shirt right. off. It's like, there's no right. need for it. And it's not hot in here. So I, I don't know. You all, there's also like certain ways that you can reach more people through like the explore page and whatnot, like certain hashtags posting at the right time. Like reels is a big way. If you, I had actually, I only had like 65,000 followers, 65,000 followers. I don't know, a couple months ago. And I had one reel that got like a hundred thousand likes on it. And I got like 30,000 followers overnight. Damn. So sometimes it's just like, it hits the algorithm right i don't i have no idea so i think that plays into it as well yeah true true yeah i mean so, i i'm trying to like finagle some stuff and like obviously being a podcast and like a fitness page it's like no one wants to see like all these big lifts all the time and like sometimes no one wants to see like the podcast they just want to see just you in general and so yeah. i like it's kind of weird like i have a real tight niche because like i'm a diabetic i like fitness and i do podcasts right. and it's like you really can't like expand out right a little more so I, I don't know i'm just trying to figure stuff out yeah just keep it creative and posting i'd say posting on a pretty consistent schedule as that, well that's because, another thing because i don't do that yeah. either so <laughs> there you go so that's what i need to do but um but we're getting close to the end so i have some rapid fire questions but they're really oh, they're not really rapid fire so you can take as long as you want on these questions okay. um so um obviously it's getting to the end of the year um, so do you have any goals that you want to hit like personal or fitness wise for like, like 2023? So, oh, I hate saying this out loud. So 2023 is probably getting towards the end of my, my competitive career for at least a little bit before, like I'm getting married in July and we're going on a honeymoon. I'm, I will be 32. He will be almost 34. So kids will happen down the few, down the road. So I want to hit it hard this year. I'm really hoping to make semifinals, whether it be on team or individual, I got a lot of palooza. Um, so I think just compete as much as I can obviously and enjoy like the bachelorette, the wedding, all of that stuff as well. Um, so I got a lot going on in 2023. So. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> do, you, do you think it's kind of stressful of like, you know, the, 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 the way just to get married? 
and stuff with yeah. like like the stuff the gifts and stuff like that because like a little story so my wife and i we went to macy's to do the like the gifts and stuff like that and like i wanted like we both were like at each other like i want to get this and like no we should get this and it's just like i'm like okay i'm done so um the good thing is him and i are both very laid back even when it comes to wedding like the wedding in general my mom has just been like hey do you like this yeah looks good oh my god you're so easy you know what i mean like I, I don't want to say it's more so for them than anything, but kind of Yeah. <laughs> where we're very, even right now, like we live in a really tiny condo and the housing market stinks. So we don't want a, a lot of gifts because we don't really have anywhere to put them. So yeah, we're, we're pretty laid back. Not too stressed. At least not yet. It's still, it's in July. So ask me again in a few months. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll do, we'll do. Um, so the next question is uh, what is your favorite book, fictional or non-fictional? Like Harry oh, Potter. Okay. <laughs> Why is that? Um, I've been obsessed with Harry Potter since I was little. We're actually having a Harry Potter themed wedding. <laughs> Don't judge me. No, no, no judging whatsoever. None, none. I mean, it's it's you do what you got to do. So, um, yeah. My I so I'm a little older for Harry Potter, so I never really got into that Understood. whole scene. So it's I was like, like my it's like the my age, the the like 25 to 30 year olds right now. Like that's that was the Harry Potter, I feel like obsession back then. <laughs> yep, yep. No, I agree. Um so next question, what is in your gym bag? What is oh god, nothing that smells good, I'll tell you that much. So uh <laughs> <laughs> I got my knee sleeves, my jump rope, uh my grips, a couple pairs of grips, uh my innovates, my lifters, and a couple of element 26 belts. Okay. All right. Awesome. Um, so this is going to be a little deep. So, um, let's just say this is your last day on earth oh my and, you, God. <laughs> and you have, I know I told you deep. So, um, and you have like all your friends around you. Um, how do you want people to know you as, um, I, my biggest thing in life in general is that I want people to know that like you can quite literally do whatever it is you want whatever it is you love like I don't think that you should do something because of money I don't think you should do something because you feel you have to um and I don't think you can't do something just because of where you are currently in life so for example like how I was really sick and like if you asked me I don't know 10 years ago would I ever be where I am now I would have said no way in hell yeah um and so I would like to be a living example of like, you can quite literally do whatever it is that you truly love and want to do. So. Awesome. Yeah. I like that. I like that answer. That's good. That's a good <laughs> one. Um, all right. So last one. So where can people reach out to you about like, you know, owning a gym, being a firefighter, you know, social media, or like being a, an ambassador to, to Savage Barbell or whatever. So where can they reach out to you? So um, I would say there's always DMs, however, even like I said to you, things get lost in my DMs sometimes, um, but there is the DMs. I do have my email address is actually on the CrossFit, CrossFit 1977 website um, and my phone number is there as well. So um, that's all, all the avenues. <laughs> Okay. Awesome. Well, well, listen, I, I thank you very much for coming on. I know it was kind of like last minute too, as well, but you know, um, cause I know you had to go to a concert. So what concert are you going to? Well, I say concert it's, it's actually a comedy show. So I'm going to oh, okay. see, uh, I'm going to see Kevin James from, uh, Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. nice. I like, yeah. I, I like his, I like his stick, but like I, yeah. his movies are, uh, I'm like, eh, they can kind of go away, but I'm like, I, anything, everything else I like. 
yeah it's a family event so i'm like all right that's fine so i got i got two hours after this to go bang out a workout and then shower and go so. nice nice well well <laughs> thank thank you very much for coming on I, I really do appreciate it and like get to know you a little bit more you know and you know thank you for everything you've done today of course i'm, I'm glad now we connected see social media now i have a new friend so thanks yeah. for having me <laughs> all right we'll talk later all right have a good one